You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you here in church, and it's great to see you online. I can't see you online. It's great that you're joining us online. Um, welcome. Uh, as Chair said, I'm Tim, one of the leaders here at Christian Life Church. And uh, this morning, what I want to preach about, can you get the first slide up? Uh, the title is God's Plan for Your Blank. So I am going to fill in the blank, but uh, do you believe that God has a plan for you? Yes. Sure? Yes. Okay. So I could fill in there God's plan for your career. Yeah? Family. Education, I think probably what covers most things is God's plan for your life. I just want to say before I reveal what I'm actually going to talk about is that in God's plan for us, it's not, um, it's not uh, uh, something we have a choice in, something we have a say in. It's not like there it is and you, you don't have an interaction with God. We have always got choice and a say. Amen. So we're not, we're not puppets, we're not robots. God's got a plan for every aspect of our life, including the one I want to talk about today. So your next slide is God's plan for your money. Oh, there's a bit of a murmur there. And I, I, I want to talk about money today, and I've chosen that title for effect. And I don't know what the effect was, but I guess for some of you, some of you might be thinking, good, at last, they're talking about money. Some of you, many of you, I think, are now are quite defensive, um, not judging. And some of you might be even offended. And if you're visiting for the first time, or if you're watching online uh, and you've not been here often, I want to say we don't talk about uh, money often. I would say we're not going to take up an offering after this. I listened to a uh, preach recently on on money, and, they, and afterwards they're taking up an offering. We're not going to be doing that. Uh, don't you be thinking, typical, I've come here to the first time or online for the first time, and now they're going to tell me that they want the money. We're, it's not what it's about. There's no pressure, no offering. Um, but I was, I was actually today going to talk about giving, and I will probably mention it today. Um, um, but really I felt God as, that was my plan, but I felt... God directed something else. I want to talk today about financial freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, you haven't heard it yet. Don't clap. <laughs> I've heard talks about financial freedom in, under that title, which was basically how you can have enough money so you don't need to worry about money. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm talking about the freedom that Jesus brings. We sang in one of the songs that Jesus brings freedom. He sets the captives free, and that is in every area of our life, including the area of money. So I want to start off with a verse from Hebrews 13. If we could bring that one up. Keep your lives free from the love of money. This is the freedom I want to talk about today. Freedom from the love of money. And the next, can we see the rest of the verse, please? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be 
content with what you have. Now, I, I think some of you might be thinking, well, that's a bit disappointing because I don't actually want to be content with what I have. There's a bit of a thought inside, maybe a big thought, maybe a little thought. Actually, what I would like is more. And I'm not judging anybody. because The reason I say that is because I don't believe I'm that unique that I'm the only one thinking that. That actually, I'd rather not be content. I'd quite like to have a bit more. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. But the Bible does say, there it is in black and white, be content with what you have. Amen? Amen. Oh, that's good amen. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? (coughs) Now, as British people, I know we're not all British in here. But as British people, we don't like to talk about money a lot. It's kind of, yeah, we're a bit embarrassed about that. And as church leaders, we don't like to talk about a lot. In contrast, Jesus talked about money a lot. In fact, I'm told that he talked more about money than he did about prayer or faith. So we need to talk about money. And my guess is that one of the reasons we don't like to talk about money that for many of us, probably most of us, that financial issues have been a cause of stress and worry and even heartache. Don't need to put your hands up, but I guess that's true for most people here at some times. And maybe in this financial crisis, people here right now. Jesus wants to bring peace and joy to us. Amen? Amen. He is the Prince of Peace. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. He wants to bring peace and joy in every area of our lives, including our finances. One of the reasons I think we're defensive when we start to talk about money, we feel that defences go up, is when, because you think, well, I'm going to talk about giving. I'm not going to, I might talk about giving today, but I will save that for another day. It is coming. Um, But we think kind of, my money is my money. I worked and earned that. And that's true. But let me just throw these verses at you. Psalm 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. When we become Christians, we give our life to Christ, everything becomes his. Our time, your house, your car, your money, everything belongs to God. In in 1 Chronicles This is what David said after they took up a big offering to build the temple. He said this, but he's praying to God and says, Who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give you as generously as this? It was a big offering. Then he says this, Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. When we give to God, we only give him back what he's already given us. And we may think, well, but I earned that. I'm the one that worked for that. Deuteronomy says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So yes, you worked hard for your money, but God gave you the ability to do that. 
So I want to talk about, next about, the, we need to recognize the power of money. I'm going to tell you why in the Bible. But I want to pray. I just want to pray again. Father, I want to pray for each of us here as we look about this subject of money, that, that you give us peace. Father, we want to come to a place of peace with you, of joy uh, and trust in you. We pray that if there's been issues, struggles in our lives, you would help us in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew, I'm going to probably focus on a couple of um, key scriptures. Matthew 6 says this, do not, Jesus is talking, he says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And then in verse 24 of the same chapter, a few verses down, Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Money is an issue of the heart, not just our wallets. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be. Where you spend your money, if you're to look at your bank statement and see where your money goes, that will reveal to you where your heart is. Amen? Not some big amen on that one. But it does. Where Jesus said where your treasure is, your heart will be. And it, it, it shows where your heart is and where it will be because your heart will follow you where your treasure is. Interesting that Jesus said you cannot serve both God and money. <clears throat> he could have chosen lots of things to say. You cannot serve both God and pleasure, God and sex, God and fame. He could have compared many things, but he chose to say you cannot serve both God and money. I believe this is, shows the power of money in our lives. He says, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and hate the other. In other words, the love of money, serving money, has the power to make us wander away from faith and wander away from God, and ultimately to hate God. It says that there, doesn't it? You will hate the one and love the other. If we love money, we will end up hating God, which is clear as that. Love of money is one of the most powerful forces for negative forces in our lives. And that's true whether you have lots of money or whether you have very little money. Money itself is not evil. I'm not saying money is evil. It's not wrong to have a lot of money. It's not wrong to have little money. The issue is the love of money. That's the issue. Let me read you a few verses. I'm reading 1 Timothy, the other key verse. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, 
have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. That's quite sobering, isn't it? They have wandered, they have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. As I say, money's not evil, wealth is not evil, the love of money is, is evil. It's the root of many kinds of evils. I guess we've all seen the power of the love of money in others, and maybe we've felt, I've certainly felt it in my own heart. I think there's a warning in these scriptures that the power of money, particularly love of money, is something we need to be aware of in our own lives. I certainly feel it, and it can be very subtle. It can be very subtle, and so I'm just drawing our attention. And the love of money can look like different things. It can look like greed, always wanting more money, always wanting more things, or it could look like worry. Just, if you look at, I guess for some of you, if it's your bank statements and what you spend your money on, you'll see, especially at this, in this uh, cost of living crisis, they're actually just spending on surviving and worry comes in. So as I say, I think that the issues, financial issues have been a cause of stress in so many of us at some stage some stage in our lives, but God, I want to just remind us, he wants us to bring peace and joy. So how can we live free from the love of money? I've got a few points, but I want to say before, before I start into these few points is that this, for me personally, and I guess for many people, is a battle. I don't think by the time I've read these scriptures, we'll go, great, that's sorted. I think there's a battle always because, and Jesus points out, this is something very powerful. Okay, a few verses. 1 Timothy, uh, just, before the, uh, just after the verse I read, uh, 1 Timothy 6 goes on to say this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So to be godly and to be content with our have, you're on to a winner. We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Hold on a minute. Food and clothing, that's a bit basic. It's, that's a hard, hard one, to, a hard standard, isn't it? We say, I've got food and clothing, I'm content. Because I know that this year we needed a new bathroom. And we need to holiday and we need... Get away for a while. And, we need, and when you talk about these things that are all good, they all become needs. But he brings it down to if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Anybody there yet? I'm not there. I don't think I would feel that content if that's all I had. But the writer, Paul, who wrote this said, we will be content. That's where I would like to get to. Not that I want to only have that, by the way. But I'd like to know like to get be able to say I can be content with that so the first stage is to be content and that's difficult because the world always tells you that you want need more you can have this you can have this and uh, the world teaches that I remember uh, Gabriella's second Christmas when she was one and a bit and she was obviously small 
And people love to give little children, little babies, lots of presents. And so she sat in our front room, surrounded by peasants, and she opened the first one, and she was content. She was content, mainly with the wrapping, <laughs> but she was content. But we were not content. We started to push other presents. Open this one. Open this one. Uh, some of them were boxes as big as her. And so I'm thinking, I remember thinking, we are teaching her not to be content with that. When she was, she was already content with one present. And the world always tells you that you need more. Yeah, need more. And so the, I think part of it is, is to not compare with others. Not compare with others is a good way to be content. Look at what you've got, not what you haven't got. Because there's always much more than you haven't got, that you haven't got, than what you've got. But actually what you've got is enough because God is faithful. And Paul, Paul the, the, the writer of that, uh, of, to Timothy, also said this in another place. I have learned the secret of being content in all situations, whether I'm abounding or I have abundance or I have nothing. He learned the secret to be content with what he had. And that's one of the ways we can be free from the love of money. It's a challenge I know, certainly a challenge to me. And the second one, I'm going to continue reading from Matthew, uh, where I read, where it says you cannot birth... After he said, you cannot serve both God and money, Jesus said this, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <coughs> Excuse me. I always think that that passage is going well until the last bit when it says each day has a trouble, enough trouble of its own. Anyway, that is he's saying not, not to worry about stuff. Now, this, is, this speaks to all of us, whether we have lots of money or, or no money, because God is faithful. That's what it's saying. My, in my experience, people that say, I don't worry about money. Money's not important to me. Most of those people have quite a lot of money. 
And I think, well, if I had that much money, I wouldn't worry. But actually, God is speaking to everybody, whether you've got little or a lot. And I think if you've got lots of money, so we don't need to worry, we need to say, God, if you were to tell me to give it all away, would I be worried? It's a challenge. But the secret, I think, of this verse, of the, that passage is this. Seek first the kingdom of God. God is saying, don't worry, because I'm going to provide for you. What I want you to worry, worry about, concern or focus on, is the kingdom of God. And I will sort out provision. Yeah? Seek first the kingdom of God. <laughs> and so our focus, do you know, so much of our um, thinking, our emotions, our life is based around getting enough money, is it not? Is that just me? But that pulls us in because we need to live. But I, uh, again, back in the Timothy scripture, I, I love this exhortation. After he's spoken to Timothy about the power of money and, and the, the, the danger of the love of money, he says this to Timothy. And I think this sums up for me, not sums up, it's a, a great expression of seeking first the kingdom of God. He, he says this to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I love that. You say, go after these things. Focus your life on these things. Flee from all that stuff he's talking about money, love of money, and go after this. And Jesus says, I will provide for all your needs. So be content. Don't worry. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God. <laughs> and the next one I want to say, I've not got a lot of verse on this because I'm going to tackle this later, is honour God with your wealth. God God wants every part of your life. He wants your worship, he wants your time, and he wants you to honour him with your money. Amen? That means that we give. That we give. Um, why do we give? Primarily, it's not because there's a need. It's because God is generous and he's a giver. God is a giver and we want to be like God, so we give. So when, we're, when I get to speak more about giving, I will be saying this, that giving is not primary about having enough money to run the church, to find a need. It's about your heart. It's, your, it's about your heart. And so God has freely given us everything, ability to produce wealth. So everything we have is ours, but it's his as well. And we are stewards. And God says, you have control over it. You have power over it. But I want you to steward it well. And God is generous. So God wants us with our wealth, as with everything, to be generous stewards. There's no, like, with, like I said at the beginning, God's plan for our life is not a, um, a command always. It's, not, it's a choice that we have. He's got a plan. But there's a choice. So it won't be, it gives you choice with the money. 
but he wants us to be wise and faithful and generous stewards. Amen? So, honour God with your wealth, including giving. I'd like to read this uh, next, few, next few verses in Timothy. Timothy is told this. Command those who are rich in this present world. Just want to say, in this world, if you look globally, we would have to say that most of us in here would be rich in this world. Command those compared with the global situation. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's important to say this when we talk about giving or money, that God gives us stuff for our enjoyment. It's not, he wants us to enjoy life and he gives us for enjoying life. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. True life is not about using your money just to get pleasure and do what you like, although that's fine. True life is knowing Jesus, and that's where we need to uh, lay up. I'm, I'm, I know we're going to the whole giving, but I want to just give a quick testimony, uh, my testimony of giving. Um, when I was a young Christian, uh, I was a student at university when I became a Christian. And after a while, I heard somebody talking about giving, and they talked about uh, tithing, which is giving a tenth. Um, I don't generally teach about that. I'm just telling my testimony. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a law. And I heard about tithing, and I, I had um, not much money at that time. But I decided I wanted, there was no rule, I just wanted to give God a tenth of what I had. And so I separated that tenth. And it was hard because I had very little money, and I gave the tenth. And there was loads of, I could tell you about how God blessed me, how money came unexpectedly back towards me. But um, when I... When I left university and I got a job and I was in a church and uh, somebody came and they talked about uh, giving and they talked about tithing and at that time I felt God say to me, what's important, I had, for some reason, I don't know why, I'd stopped tithing, I'd stopped giving uh, a tenth and as I, in this meeting, somebody was talking about giving, I felt God say to me, if you cannot Give cheerfully, I don't want it. So when I get to teach about giving another time, what I'll be saying is that when we give, we give cheerfully. God doesn't want you to give grudgingly. I have to. No, God wants you to give cheerfully. God wants to enjoy it when you give. And he said to me, if you, if you can't give Cheerfully, I don't want it. Now, you could think, well, well, that's a relief. But actually, I was absolutely gutted that that's where my heart had come to, that I couldn't give that amount 
cheerfully. And so I said, okay, God, please change my heart. And, uh, and, I, and I, for, I forgot the prayer, but I prayed it. But sometime later, somebody was talking about giving again and suddenly occurred to me, oh, I could give a tenth cheerfully. So I'll start again. The point is about giving is it's not about somebody standing here and, and, and trying to persuade you, or convince you, make you feel guilty. It's about a work of the Holy Spirit that changes our heart. You see, God is a giver. It occurred to me that when, when I give some money or whatever, if I give money, for example, what happens is that my bank account goes down. I have less. Yeah, that's fairly obvious. When God gives stuff, he still has everything. Yeah, he, his, his, what he possesses doesn't go down. He always has more to give, except he only had one son. He only had one begotten son, and he gave him. He gave that. He gave it all. And that's the point about God. He gave it all. And so any of our giving, our serving, Tony was talking about, our time, our money is a response to a God that gave it all. We joyfully give back. And so, and so that's my story, that God changed my heart when I'd found that it, it hardened. And so I will be talking about giving it sometime, but I just want to say, what, what I really want to say today is that the, that the love of money, money itself can be a very powerful negative force in our lives and we need to be aware that what God wants for you is for you to be free. What God wants for all of us is to be free from the love of money, that we live freely, that if we give, we give joyfully. If we have nothing, we're not worried because we trust God. You know, I was talking to somebody recently, somebody, uh, and they said, our mortgage with the interest rate has gone up £450 a month gone up £450 a month. I know this person's not, this family's not got a lot of money. But they said, I don't understand it. We aren't worried. That's, that is a miracle from God. It's a miracle. From, we don't know how we're going to do this, but we're not worried, but we're trusting in God. And that's where we want to get to, is that whatever our circumstances look like, we're trusting in God. That's what God wants. He wants to build our faith. But I, I want to say that, as I said, I don't think now giving these verses to you has immediately changed you. Maybe it's changed you a bit. And that you will now go away and never be, you will be content and never worry about money again. Or anybody feel that? Oh, it was the sermon was that brilliant. But, but I, see, I, I've heard this sermon and I, I, I know that it's going to be a battle. I know it's going to be a battle. But what we're saying is fight with the word of God. Paul said to him, we read it, fight the good fight of faith. There's a good fight before in our hearts that we are content and don't worry. And fight with these scriptures. Uh, if you want to take a photo of that um, and, and read those, 
Because God, through his word and his spirit, changes our hearts. Not a brilliant sermon for however long it was. God changes our hearts. And I believe we all need to have our hearts changed so that we can um, be, be joyful when we, when we talk about money. Not stressed, not worried, not thinking when we have enough. Be joyful. So I want to pray. I want to pray for us. Uh, I want to pray joy and peace in the area of money. And I want to say, if you, if you just want somebody to stand with you, uh, because you've got worries, we'll be people here to pray for you. Uh, if you think, I don't want to come to the front, it's embarrassing, that's fine. Grab us later. Grab someone. You know, sometimes we just need someone to stand with us and, 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 and pray with us. Yeah, and I'm going to pray. But if you want to have uh, us to pray for you, then we'll pray for you. Father, your word is so powerful. Your words, Jesus, were so amazing and so different from the world. And Father, we want to align ourselves with what you say about money. You say, don't worry. Don't worry about stuff because our Father in heaven sees and provides. And we want to uh, turn away from the, the world's way that we need more. We want to turn away from the love of money. And we say we need your help, Lord. We need you to change our hearts so that we think about this stuff like you do, that we become generous like you do, like you are, that we, we trust in you like Jesus did like your son did. Father, help us, change us, help make us more like you. I want to pray for those that uh, in this cost of living crisis are struggling, that you would give you peace, you give faith, and you provide, Lord. In the end, we need to pay the bills. We need to pay the mortgage. So we pray for peace and faith and some money, Lord. And we love you, Lord, because you, you have everything, but you only had one son and you gave him fully for us. We're so grateful. Bless you, Lord. Amen.